You want to start? You want me to start? Um, I'll start. Nobody has a handle on the league like these two hockey heads. Mike Farwell, Chris Pope, your number one authorities on the OHL. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Greg Cowan, this podcast is for you. <laughs> Pay attention our, up there with the Owen Sound Sun Times. Yes, our friends up in Owen Sound firing at a tweet about a former OHL podcast, not knowing that the Farwell and Pope podcast, Greg, has you covered. He is Farwell. I am Pope. Thanks for tuning in at Farwell underscore OHL and at underscore Chris Pope. I'm not trying to say that we have fragile egos or anything, but I have no idea how you are listening to any other OHL related podcast besides this. one. Well, there's more than one podcast. I listen to probably six a week. So I give him uh, I give him the benefit of the doubt that he was just uh, running short on podcast. Uh, I, I, I got plenty of podcasts I can recommend to you, Greg. You know what happens? This is the thing. When you go up there to the Bay Shore. Let's just bring you behind the scenes when you're trying to do your job at the Lummer. Yeah. That place. I mean, does Wi-Fi exist in Owen Sound? Hey, Gray County, there's this great thing called the internet. You should try it sometime. I was going to say, I didn't know podcasts made it all the way up to Owen Sound. I joke because I have family there. There went our Owen Sound listeners for this podcast. Oh, that's okay. We love them and we, we kid. They're in town facing the Rangers and our propaganda. On uh, Friday, the day this podcast airs. Battle of the Midwest Division Giants, except really the Rangers are behind Owen Sound, behind the Erie Otters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're ahead of Erie in the standings um, because they haven't played as many games with the same amount of points. But uh, it's been a tough sledding for the the Rangers as of late, while the attack are now into the uh, CHL top 10. Who would have thought ahead of the season that the attack would ever make it into the top 10? How about the topsy-turvy Ontario Hockey League this year? Yes, the attack in the top 10, the Flint Firebirds hanging around the top 10. I think this is three weeks in a row now. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the standings, you've got Flint, a force in the West. You've got the Peterborough Peets, a force in the East. And I'm pretty happy with the way this league looks. I don't mind it right now. I don't think it'll stay that way. I mean, Flint and Peterborough will be up there, but, you know, it's only so long before... Uh, London gets going. It's only so long before Sudbury finds themselves a goalie from Sarnia. I didn't say that part, but um, Sudbury finds themselves a real goalie because I think they're realizing that Prabhu is not the answer in goal up in Sudbury. And when that Wolves team gets a goaltender, oh boy, um, or rather, oh okay. Uh So we'll get to that a little later as well. Oh, no, let's get that to that. That was a good one, eh? Let's get, on, that good. was a good. I'll give I you like that. that I'll give you that. Let's get to that okay. right now because it's probably the biggest story in the Ontario Hockey League this week, particularly because of the two teams who became trading partners. We all know it's well-documented how much dislike there is between the Sarnia Sting and the London Knights. And yet, they make a deal this week as Jordan Coy, the aforementioned, is dealt down the 402 to the Saginaw, or to the Sarnia Sting for Dylan Miskew and a third rounder, that third rounder, goes back to London should Coy play an OA season. Which I'm assuming he will. I would agree with that. I don't know for sure. Um, it's an interesting trade because Sarnia picked up Miskew knowing that London wanted him and then turned around and got Coy and a draft pick. Now, in my mind, they have Ben Goudreau. He was taken in the first round of last year's draft. We've talked about him on this podcast repeatedly over the last couple weeks. He is the future for the Sarnia Sting. Are you really prepared to have him back up and just let go of Langevin? 
and then your first year you're just going to be a backup? I don't think so. Because Coy's a starter in this league, despite his injury troubles. I think Coy is now a trading piece. And that is why I point to the Sudbury Wolves. It's interesting, and I, I hear where you're coming from when you talk about the fact that he was a first-rounder, uh, Goudreau we're talking about. And the, the Sarnia Sting's fortunes seemed to turn around after Goudreau's 50-save performance or whatever it was in his in his debut, although there were a lot of other reasons I think we could look, you know, hello, Sean Jostling, Jamison Reese yeah. and company. But I don't know. Goaltending's a tough position, Popper. Is, is yeah. that... You want to make a 16-year-old kid your flat-out starter? This is the guy we're going to hang with. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about Coy because of his injury history? He just gets spelled off more often. You give him like the uh, 45-23 split this season. No. No. The answer is Ben Goudreau. No. 38-30. No. The answer is Ben Goudreau. You ride him. You put him in every single game if you are the Sarnia Sting. And that's what they're going to do. So I don't see a world where Goudreau and Co. <laughs> exist. <laughs> and Coy and Langevin, they all, they're all there. I can't imagine that happening. Um, that's why I think the Coy trade is bound to happen. Unless you're just going to, like, because you're, you're sorry, you're not going to win it all this year, I don't think. They're, they're not going to be pushing for it, right? They're, this is not a go year for them. Um. Yeah, they're they're on a heater right now. They got back to 500 or a little over. They're probably going to finish sixth in the West would be my guess, roughly. I don't want to talk about standings. I really want to talk I about know, standings, I'm not, I'm, but I'm not going to talk no, about standings. thank you. Please don't. You, I'm just you saying. You make me 17 games. 17 games. 17 games. 17 so games. So stop talking about where they're going to finish. We'll no, that's where they're going to finish, not where they are. Doesn't matter. Well, um, but do you I, know that, though? Well, that's that's my guess. That's my No standings talk. Okay, so... Though, They'll finish in the bottom half of the West. Um, so there's no point. That's why you, you, you concentrate on Goudreau. You get him some playoff experience, and you build around him. There are not many goaltenders, Mike, that are taken in the first round, especially in the top 10. Ben Goudreau is a special goaltender in this league, and that's why you build around him. And having Coy there isn't really great for anyone. You got Langevin, you're just going to let him walk? The biggest trade asset Sarnia has now is Koi, so you move him, gather more assets to help build around Goudreau, and then go for it later. So the Sarnia Sting grabbed Miscue off waivers knowing yeah. that the London Knights want him so that they can make the move to get Koi, who you think will ultimately be dealt likely to Sudbury. Well, I don't know if it's Sudbury. I just think he's going to be dealt. I, I don't know where. Who knows? Um, but I can't imagine a world, maybe, maybe one sound, can't imagine a world that they keep Coy and deal Langevin because you're not going to get the assets that you need or that you would get for Coy if you deal Langevin. And if you keep them all and just release Langevin, then what are you doing with Ben Goudreau? He's good enough for this league. You're not going to send him to junior B. There's no purpose there. Ben Goudreau is your guy going forward. You drafted him where you drafted him because you realized we need goaltending moving forward. He is your goaltender. He's shown he can play in this league, so Coyle will be on the move. I think there is a similarity in having a player on your roster that you acquired through waivers, miscue, to just in order to trade to another team. Similarities there to what happened in Kitchener when Joe Gareffa decided it wasn't going to be a season in professional hockey for him, and there was no room left in the overage in 
with the Kitchener Rangers. We spoke to Rangers General Manager Mike McKenzie about being in that position. You've got too many overagers, and you want to give the kid a chance to play. What do you do? Off to Ottawa, Gareffa goes for three third-round picks. Here's our conversation with Rangers GM Mike McKenzie. Did you feel as though your hands were a little bit tied in virtually having to make this deal for Joe Gareffa since you didn't have the overage spot left on your roster? Uh, I wouldn't say our hands were tied um, completely because it's always our our option or choice to make a trade um, if necessary. So, I mean, we technically didn't have to trade him. Um, we're allowed to keep four players as overagers on our list up until the trade deadline, the overage trade deadline. So we didn't have to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, um, it made sense. Um, like you said, we, we do have three guys that we're really comfortable with in, in uh, Morales, Yancis, and Howell. And, uh, you know, Joe hasn't been here and the other three guys have. And, uh, you know, so the timing of it um, made sense. I think when you do stuff like this, there's always, uh, you know, information that maybe isn't available to the public and uh, that we do have um, behind closed doors. And that's our job um, as a hockey staff to gather that information and find out, you know, behind the scenes what's going on. Um, to help make our decisions easier, and that's what we did. And, um, you know, I understand that the media and the public maybe doesn't always know these things, and, and that's, that's okay. Um, but to use a couple examples uh, in this situation, I mean, we had heard that, you know, Joe had come close to heading to Europe. Um, there was an opportunity there that maybe fell through, but he would have been likely gone for the season because it was a pretty good league that he was he uh, would have been heading to overseas. Um, and in that case, would have likely been gone for the whole year and we would have got nothing in return for him. Um, and we also knew via Joe's agent that he was uh, at home and itching to play hockey and that um, East Coast League teams were extremely interested. And that was something that Joe was going to look at real hard, um, you know, real real soon if, if something didn't transpire in our league. Um so, I mean, we could have hung on to him, um, but I think it would have been a, a pretty irresponsible decision on our part to hold out, try to get greedy, wait for more, or hang on to him to, to the deadline. And then at that point, he's he's caught on in Europe and he's happy or he's caught on with the East Coast League team and he's doing well there. And then we look back and go, wow, we got nothing. Um, well, we could have got three third-round picks. So um, those are part of the things that went into the, the decision-making process. Um, and, uh, you know, it just made sense for us, and it obviously made sense for Ottawa. They get a really good player this year. Three-thirds for Joe. You acquired Liam Howell from the Guelph Storm, uh, albeit a slightly different player, but an overager who comes over for two seconds and a third. So based on that value, are you comfortable with what you got in return for Joe? Um, yeah, I mean, is the player, is Joe Grief as a player probably worth more than three third round picks um yeah I, I would say so just based on the type of player he is and the point totals he's going to put up but the bottom line is um we'll use the house analogy if you have a million dollar house and uh, or you think you have a million dollar house and you put it up for sale 
and no one wants to give you a million bucks for it, you don't have a million dollar house. You have uh, you have whatever someone's going to give you for your house. So if someone offers you seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for what you think is your million dollar house, you have two options: you either take what you can, or you take the house off the market and you don't sell it. So um, there was some interest. Um, I'll be completely honest. Uh, there wasn't a ton of interest. There was teams poking around and, um, you know, seeing what we were doing and seeing what the situation was. But uh, at the end of the day, there was one team that actually made an offer um, that came to us and said, here's what we will give you. And this is an offer and this is what we're willing to do. Um, And that was Ottawa. And that was the only team that actually made a substantial offer. So once you factor in, you know, all these things, I mean, it's easy to look at, the board look around the board and say you know what this team needs this old this team has an oa spot available this team has two oa spots available um this team has an oa spot available but if they don't want the player don't make us an offer we we can't trade with them i can't hold a gun to anyone's head and say hey can you please give me this for someone um it doesn't work that way so um there's a lot of factors that go into play i think uh, it's a really unique situation the fact that um, he wasn't playing in our league, um, is also unique. Um, he didn't come to training camp. So there's just a lot of question marks. And I said yesterday in another interview, it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. We went from thinking we were having Joe back as a really good elite overage forward, um, to thinking he was gone for good. And then now, um, obviously moving him, we get three third round picks back. So it's been a bit of an up and down experience, but, uh, I think it worked out well for all parties involved. Does it help that he goes to the East as opposed to staying in the West where you would see him more often through the rest of this regular season? Uh, after Friday night, it sure will. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice. It's, a, it's an added bonus for sure. Um, it's never fun having a guy that you've had for four years that you know is a really good player come back into your rink and, and light you up. So, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to have him over there for sure. Um, you know, we we still have to play them once more on Friday, and it happens to be on Friday, which is a bit ironic that it's happening so quick. So, um, but hey, we all know Joe's a really good player. Um, he's going to do real well. They've got a good team. He's going to be surrounded by other good players and get to play with other good players. So, um, I expect him to have a really big year and put up a ton of points, maybe even more than last year. Now that he's on uh, on that side of the league, especially so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not a prerequisite or a mandated thing that we had to, but uh, I guess it, it's a bonus. The three third-round picks, Mike, of course, become chips that you can now play. Do you anticipate uh, using what you've got in your cupboard for another deal, maybe even more for your team as this season progresses? We're definitely open to it. Uh, I don't think anything needs to be done right now. I think we've had a pretty solid start to the season so far and shown that we're uh, we're a very good hockey team. Um, but it is still early. I think we're 11 games in now. So um, we'll definitely see how the next month or so goes. Um, but again, it's three extra picks that we're able to use. Um, if it's via trade, then, then that's, that's great. It's, it's going to give us a, a lot more inventory to, to use. Uh, or if it's, you know, drafting players by simply selecting them by using those picks. Um, they're obviously valuable in both ways. You know, Moose, our bus driver, said to me, why didn't they wait a week to trade him? Because Greffa's second game 
was against his former team, the Kitchener Rangers. And we heard from Mike McKenzie what he thought about the whole situation with Gareffa. But as we know, Mike, there's three sides to every story. So let's get this other side when we had a chance to talk with Joey G. Well, Joel, how much are you looking forward to this one? Oh, you know what? Uh, I can't wait. It's, uh, you know, it's really giving me only time, obviously, playing Kitchener, you know, unless obviously we go to the final. So, you know what? I'm just really looking forward to it, forward to it uh, playing against uh, guys, you know what, that, uh, you know, I had good times with, you know, and uh, good years with over there. So, it's just, you know, an overall fun game, and, no, I'm really excited, and, uh, you know, I want to beat them. What kind of emotions are you going through right now? You know what? Uh, not much, really. You think, well, you know, I'm just like, I'm calm right now, you know, I'm just uh, trying to have fun with it, you know, and don't, don't put too much pressure because, you know, if you get too riled up and, you know, too excited and you want to go, you know, so hard out there, you know, you're not really going to have a good game, you know, you're just going to be all over the place running around and make mistakes. So I think, you know, just trying to be calm and, you know, what, just play my game and, uh, you know, just uh, try to uh, use my teammates. Anyone on the other side that you're looking forward to face? Uh, you know, not not really one in particular. I think it's just, you know, it's just the team in general. You know what, I've been there for, uh, you know, four years. Obviously, you know, it was a great four years, but, you know, now I'm, uh, you know, moved on. I'm on Ottawa now, so, you know, I really want to beat them. The move to Ottawa, how did you find out? Uh, you know, it, um, uh, I was just golfing out. Uh, I was golfing. I was on 10th hole, and then, you know, I get a call from my agent uh, saying, you know, you've been traded uh, to Ottawa and all that. So, you know, I was happy, obviously, to uh, be playing again because uh, sitting at home uh, watching games or whatever, it's just, you know, you're itching to get out there. You want to be playing, right? You miss it. So, no, I was, really, I was really excited, and, you know, I just got my stuff, went, uh, came down to Ottawa that night, and then played the next day. So, it was, it was pretty quick. So, you know, I really wasn't uh, thinking about much. Uh, so, I think that was a big key. How was the golf game? It's not bad. They shot like an 88 or something. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, not a bad little round to end off uh, the off season. When you, you're sitting at home and you're waiting, there's a lot of things in limbo. Um, you don't know where you're going to be next. What was the conversation like with you and the Kitchener Rangers? Uh, you know, they, 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 you know what, uh, what, I, what I heard is, you know, they told my agent that, you know, they would trade me and all that. So, you know, I, I wasn't really worried. You know, I knew that... Uh, you know, you know, Mike McKenzie, you know, he's a good guy, right? You know, he was he was gonna trade me and uh so you know I wasn't really too worried on uh, on that part. So I was just, you know, just trying to keep myself in shape and all that and just be ready and uh, had my bags packed so you know I was uh, ready to go right when I got the call. When the Rangers were going through their training camp it came out that you said you weren't coming back, you were going pro. What happened there? Take take us through that. Yeah, you know what um after the season, you know what, uh, you know, you sit down with, you know, your parents and all that, your family, and, you know, what, uh, you talk about, hey, what's the next step and see what you can do. And, you know, I, I, thought, I felt that I was ready and, and uh, you know, what said, you might as well give it a chance. And, you know, what, I'd, um, you know, I had a couple of good uh, opportunities out in, in Europe that uh, ended up didn't panning out last minute. And, uh, you know, so, that, you know, and then, uh, you know, I went to the American League camp and all that. So, I'll just, you know, give it another chance. But, you know, at the end of the day, nothing uh you know, came of it, but uh, hey, you know what? I gave it a shot, so you know that's all all really matters, and I gained a good experience out of it. So, you know, I'm uh, pretty happy. Coming into this league five years ago, it seems like just yesterday you were a rookie. Did you ever envision yourself not being a Kitchener Ranger? You know, no. You know, when you when you're in this league, you know, you think you're going to play in uh, with the team forever. You know, especially in Kitchener, it's 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 fun. You know, not many guys want to leave there. You know, when they're there, right? So, you know, I, I never thought uh, this day would come where I'd be playing the, uh, the Rangers, but you know what? It uh, it's exciting, you know. I just I can't wait to go out there and play them. What was it about Ottawa that got you so excited? You know, it just uh, you know, just the, the team. You know, they're a great team. You know, I knew they're they're you know they're going for it again and all that. And 
you know, I think just, you know, the way they run it too, you know, with uh, good coaching staff and all that. And, you know, they uh, push the boys hard in practice and working out and all that. So I thought, you know what, that's, you know, it's, a, it's close to a pro style and it's, it's really beneficial, you know, the early morning practices, you know, that's kind of like, you know, close to what the pros do, you know, they practice in the morning. So it was really, you know, it was, it was a good pro, um, you know, pro style. And, you know, I really, uh, you know, I re- really have been enjoying it so far. We had Andre Turini on our uh, podcast recently. What's he like to play for? I know it's only been one game, but what's it been like under him? Oh, no, I, I've enjoyed it so far. You know, he knows he knows the game. You can tell he's coached a lot of great players and all that, and you can see the passion he has for the game. So, you know, it, uh, it's, it's, so far it's, it's been great, and, uh, you know, I can't wait to just keep, uh, you know, learn more from him. You had some early success in your first game. Three points. What was it like getting back in there? Oh, it feels good. You know, it feels good to get uh, you know a couple you know a couple points off your back right there to start. You know what I mean? You always want to start off the first game. Uh, you know, because usually it's, you're kind of just still feeling things out, especially when you know you haven't really played. You know, you haven't really played since we lost all last playoffs. You know what I mean? So it, uh, just to get my legs back under me and get a couple points off my back to start the year, and you know, all feels great. And it's, it's a big relief. How are the guys in the room? Oh, fantastic. You know what? I hadn't, uh, you know, I haven't really experienced, you know, kind of being, I guess, you know, not really knowing anyone since my first year. So, you know, three, three years there, I was comfortable going into the season, knowing all the boys and all that. So, you know, it was, it was a little different and all that. But, uh, you know, I was surprised, you know, how great they were. And, and uh, you know, I'm thankful for them for being so nice to me and uh, making it an easy transition. Coming off a really successful year last year for yourself personally, what are your goals here now with Ottawa? I know you're coming in a little late, but what are your goals? Yeah, you know, it's obviously, you know, you'd want to, you know, obviously I want to move on to the next level and, and all that and, you know, try to get an NHL contract. But I think, you know, the big goal for me, honestly, is winning an OHL championship and get to the Memorial Cup. You know, I've always, uh, ever since I grew up, I watched uh, St. Mike's back when they had Toronto and I'd always go to the games and, you know, OHL was, you know, for me the coolest thing. I loved it. And, you know, I, I wanted, to, I always dreamed of winning an OHL championship. So, you know, that's a big thing for me. You know, I really, I really want to win. Uh, and I think it'd be really cool. We talk a lot about when we talk about you about your knowledge of this league and you know players, you know how many points they have, you know the style of play they like to make and all this kind of stuff. How much does that knowledge that you had of this Ottawa team and the players you're now playing with, how much does that come into play? Oh yeah, it helps a lot. You know what? Uh, I'm a pretty big guy on knowing uh, you know who you're playing and what, what what they bring to the table, the way they play and all that. So you know, I knew I knew uh, how a lot of the guys played. So you know, it kind of helps you. Uh, oh, you know, where you know, knowing where they'll be, or you know, what they're kind of going to try to do on the ice, and what kind of players they are. So, you know, just that knowledge thing, a little bit gives you a little bit of an extra edge. The '67s team came within games of winning the Ontario Hockey League last year. How much of is there a sense of unfinished business in that dressing room? You coming in as a new guy? Oh, yeah, you you could see it. The boys are, you know, they're hungry. They want they want to win, and they tasted it. They tasted how close they were to the Memorial Cup last season, and. And obviously, it, it didn't sit well with them. It, uh, it it stung, and you know what? The guys that were turning, you could see it that they want they want to win, and it's exciting to be a part of. You know what? Uh, you know what? Uh, winning's great. You know, we had, I had that run there two years ago, and it, it was unbelievable. So much fun to be a part of the boys and be around the rink, and just the excitement you have coming to the rink. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that again. It's funny that you mentioned. Mike Moose Reeves, the bus driver for the Kitchener Rangers, who might as well be an assistant GM. I mean, just mm-hmm. ask him, right? <laughs> Why wouldn't you wait another week? So Gareffa puts up one point, an assist against his former team as Ottawa came from behind to beat the Rangers on that Friday night in the nation's capital. He went for three points, a goal and two assists in his debut with the 67s, that one point against his former team. And then, oh yeah, three more points again for Gareffa in his third game in the O this year. So seven points through three games, Joe Gareffa seems just fine back in the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, he's not bad. Um, Kenny Wall is the guy up in Ottawa, the radio play-by-play guy who we chirped on a couple episodes ago about his suit. Um, he had to tweet Gareffa's uh, point streak. He's got 
points in his last like 20 games now in the Ontario Hockey League. That's a heck of a streak. You can you can understand why there would have been some pressure, but I and we've talked about this enough, but I'll just say again. I think it was bad advice that led Joe to pursue a pro career now, not to take anything away from his talent or his ability to dominate in this league, but just not quite yet ready for professional hockey, at least not at a level that would he, be, he would be happy playing. I mean, does he want to play in the East Coast League or does he want to play in the OHL? So that stat doesn't surprise me. When you hear numbers like that, you can maybe understand why the pressure was put on Joe to try pro. I get it, and he wanted to turn pro. Like at the end of the day, he, he will turn pro though. He will, just but not w- this year. I know. I again, I just don't know why. I mentioned it last podcast, but I just don't know what you have to gain from saying I'm not coming back. Greg Morales, Jonathan Yancis, Liam Howell—they all went to camp hoping they weren't coming back. To tell the team I'm not coming back, to me, that says he wanted out. Well, speaking of which. Tony Saxon, who covers the Guelph Storm for GuelphToday.com and has covered the Guelph Storm for many a year now. Saxon on the Storm. Saxon on the Storm. Follow him on Twitter. Good follow. Good hockey guy. Good guy in the room right there. Great guy. I like him a lot. He suggests that maybe the Ty Collins move was motivated by the player as Collins goes from Guelph to Mississauga for a couple of third rounders. So on the one hand, you've got the Storm continuing to reacquire those draft picks that they spent last year for their title run we talked about that on the podcast last week but it is interesting in that Collins is a player that you would have thought would be around for a couple more years with this club yeah it's an interesting one um it just goes to show though that at the end of the day as much as um teams move players whenever they feel net necessary whenever they feel it is necessary players do even in the Ontario Hockey League like they do in pro sports have a say in where they go or what they want done if they want to be moved they say move me or their agent does and players have some pull can we just while we're on the storm because there's another pretty big trade to talk about from the league this past week but a moment for Nico Dawes here is he like unbelievable it's eh? pretty incredible isn't it yeah you thought that I think everybody thought the Guelph Storm are going to be feeding yeah. off the bottom, right? They're going to be yeah. 10th and, 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 and 11th if they could be in the conference. And look at them right now. Well, I know what did it's you early, think of Nico Dawes before? When Anthony I Popovich didn't. was traded, what did you think? I did not think of Nico exactly. Dawes before. No offense, Nico. No, you, you thought he was a backup, right? Absolutely. Like essentially, everybody thought, oh, well, he's just the backup. He's showing that, you know, given an opportunity, it's, it's still only a handful of games. I don't think he's played 10 games yet, but he's still got a goals against of under three, 230. And that's against. in this league? Right? Yeah. On that team? Absolutely. <laughs> Another good point. Right? Yeah. In this league, on, on that, that team, team, Nico does. Anyway, just yeah, props given, to you, kid. 100%. Given that opportunity, he's been a beast for Guelph, and that's why they are where they are, and that's why they're having some early season success. All right. Let's talk about another guy that's about to get some opportunity. And, and this name has stuck out for me since the preseason, because during the preseason showcase at the Kitchener Memorial Auditorium, when Saginaw, uh, North Bay, and, uh, oh, why am I forgetting who else came in for that uh, preseason showcase? Saginaw? Saginaw, North North Bay. Bay. Peterborough? Peterborough, thank you. And I was chatting with Chris Lazary, the head coach of the Saginaw Spirit, and we played it on an earlier podcast. He talked about, and he gave the sense, like, this was preseason. It was the the pre-preseason, like, we're just getting things underway. And, he just had this look on his face and this attitude of unfinished business and business starts today and all of these different things. And he talked about when I asked him about that sense of 
getting so close last year and having mm-hmm. it, you know, they're up 3-1 on the, on the Guelph Storm and we all know what happened. He said that he, he admitted to some things he wished he had done differently. It would have been his worst summer, the worst summer of his life had it not been for the birth of his second daughter. I mean, oh my gosh, like this is, this is nuts. And, and then he talked about some of the mistakes he made. Well, I said, what kind of mistakes are you talking about? He said, well, I didn't play Nick Porco a shift in game seven. So one of the things he identifies now yeah. as a mistake that he made last year. And lo and behold, Nick Porco, along with Ian Lemieux, are no longer members of the Saginaw Spirit. So maybe this is opportunity for Porco, who's like, hey, you didn't think I was good enough to play in game seven of the West Final last year? I'm going to try life in Barrie, and the Spirit get Dalton Duhart and five draft picks in return. Uh, two seconds, two-thirds, and a fifth. This is for our our uh, listeners that are also other sports fans. A.J. Hinch is going to have those same feelings throughout the whole summer after he didn't pitch Garrett Cole in Game 7 last night. Why did he even pull Zach Greinke? He had Cole sitting in the bullpen. He could have went. He was up warming up, and then he didn't put him in. The best pitcher in the game. Oh, my goodness. Cranky was dealing just for the record. I know. Anyway, regardless. Uh, <laughs> hilarious uh, press conference by Garrett Cole afterwards, too. Went out there and said, do I have to? I'm not I'm not a uh, employee of the team anymore. I'm officially a free agent. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. That reminds me of Jack Morris after he pitched his 10-inning one-hit one nothing shutout. Yeah, and they asked him what his first move is. I'm going to call my agent. Like he was ready. He was already <laughs> hard. Yeah, I'm out of town. See, See you later, later. Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so I, 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 Lazary said he had the worst summer of his life. Didn't play Nick Porco a shift. Now Porco on the move. I think that that's probably the best for both sides at this point. Um, when you don't play a player one shift in Game Seven, I think that sends a message to the player. I think it's pretty obvious that. Uh, Porco probably wasn't at the top of Lazary's list and Porco a former first rounder wants to you know show that he's he's capable of being what a first rounder can be and needs that opportunity and if he's not going to get it in Saginaw I'm glad he's going to get it somewhere else. How about Dalton Duhart eh? a former London Knight to the Barry Colts now back into the Western Conference with the Saginaw Spirit and I, I know the Spirit have been coming on of late, but I wonder if there's not a sense right now, if you go back to that unfinished business and that very workmanlike approach they even took to the preseason showcase in Kitchener, if there's not a sense there that they've just underperformed a little bit in the early going this year. For sure. And I think that comes down to goaltending. I really do. Um, Prozvatov's still not back. Whether he comes back, still a question mark. Um, but I think that, that losing him, and we all know that um, their goalie there, Mike, the local kid. Yeah, Tristan Lennox. Tristan Lennox, thank you. Um, We all know Tristan Lennox came into the playoffs last year and stood on his head. He was fantastic. Now being the starter, though, and having that, it's a different animal. You don't just get thrown in and just go, oh, crap, I got to play goalie now. Now you're the starter. Now there's some expectations on you. People expect you to be as good as you were back then. Okay, but hang on a second. Well, he wasn't good early. He wasn't good. So Tristan Lennox, who I'll remind you, Rookie last year, comes in cold yeah. when Prozbatov has his meltdown and bats the puck out of play, gets the suspension, comes in cold, and that, that was in game three. Saginaw loses it, but game four, back in, though they would have been called for game three, so it must have been game four in Saginaw. And either way, he, he was terrific. He was terrific. He How was many terrific. games did they win? He was terrific again. Even, well, he won the next one. Yeah. 
So he won one. And how many and then, did he lose? I know. And then, but that game back in Guelph, everybody was saying, had it not been for Tristan Lennox, it would have been worse. My point, my, my point only is this. From rookie, called in cold what he did last year. He's not even draft eligible this year because yeah. of his age and his late birthday. You're telling me that in Sarnia, Ben Goudreau, hand him the reins in Saginaw. Yes. Whoa, baby. Completely. Whoa, Nelly. Why? Yeah. Look at the two teams. Saginaw's built to win right now. Sarnia's not. So if Ben Goudreau was with Saginaw right now, you'd back him up. You'd have a backup for him. Yes. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Sarnia is a young team building for the future. Um, you probably don't have a team like Saginaw, or you probably don't get Ben Goudreau with a team like Saginaw because you're drafting near the bottom. But yes, I, I'm all for it, Tristan Lennox. I, I'm saying, I'm not saying that they need a starter. I'm just saying he got off to a slow start. Um, so as he continues to deal with the pressure, it, sh- can he be a starter for that team? Yeah, probably. Even I'd, I'd even say for sure. He, he's a good goaltender. They're a good hockey team. Um, but Prozvitov is on another level. He's already drafted to the NHL. He's an older player. He's 20 years old. Right? He'd come back, he'd be an overager. That's huge. An overage goaltender in this league. We, we saw the importance of that in Mar- Mario Kalina. That overage experience that you have to be there, to been done it, to have that extra extra year of age it goes a long way, especially in, goal, in uh, goalies. I just think the Prozvitov coming back would be a huge get for Saginaw, and Lennox got off to a slow start. I think he's found it, and I think they're gonna, they'll only get better, but he struggled early. I think it's really interesting to look at this Ontario Hockey League right now, and I'm not going to mention the standings word, because you have said, and I will follow, I will follow the, the, the gospel of Pope, that we do not talk standings until the quarter pole, so not until 17 games have been played. Are, but, you, su- are you most surprised by Oshawa still? Most surprised? No, I, I don't think I, I. I still think it's a little bit inflated over there right now. I'm, I'm most surprised. Andrew McLean and goal. I'm just saying. Yeah. There are pieces. I guess there are pieces. I'm a big Brett Newman guy. Same. Big Brett Newman guy. I, I'm most surprised. I think by Peterborough. Yeah. Out of the gates like a house on fire. On the road. Right? Also, on the road. Yeah. Right. And, and and I love seeing you said don't sleep on Owen Sound. Flint Firebirds. I knew wouldn't be. Everybody knew they wouldn't be bad, but yeah. they're actually good. Buzzing. Right? Still undefeated so, at home. as early as it may be in the grand scheme of things, I think it's interesting, and, and it got me thinking about it when you were talking about Saginaw and the kind of team that it is. The teams that were papered in, I'll say, mm-hmm. at the beginning of this season. Like, we looked at a Western Conference and said, it's pretty wide open. You got Saginaw, you got Kitchener, you got London, and then the rest of them. Well, as of right now, you don't have any of those three, really. You've got own sound making noise. You've got Flint making noise. And the rest of them. And the rest of them, right? <laughs> and then over in the East, everybody's talking about Ottawa to a lesser degree, Sudbury. And Ottawa's trying to find its game. It's, do, it's been doing better since it got Joe Gareffa and, and kind of got things, you know, Marco Rossi back from its suspension. But yep. Peterborough's going great guns. Oshawa's going great guns. And heck, not even Niagara has fallen off the map yet over there in the East. I know. So go figure. Quite surprised. Um, on an off-the-ice note, have you seen the new CHL app for the phone? The OHL app doesn't work anymore. So, you know, every time I opened the OHL app, it would just, I could see the CHL app in the background, yeah. and then it just opened anyway. Yeah. So you're telling me if I try opening my OHL app right Won't now. Won't work. Are you serious? Yeah. I downloaded the CHL app last night. I was going to ask you if you tried it. Okay, I have not. It's Let interesting. I like it for our end because we're, as Kitchener Ranger broadcasters, we can... It says pick a team, and you have to you can select the Rangers. So it basically brings all Kitchener stuff into one portion of the app, which is kind of nice. What are you doing with this Rangers propaganda machine again? I know. 
right? They hate you for that. I know. They hate us for that. Yeah. I guess I have to download a new app. One more thing. I was just going to bring up. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. You were just going to bring up what? No, I saw on the app that Fountain Tire and the OHL launched a search for three stars of the community. I saw that. I was not going to bring it up. <laughs> I was not. I'm so nominating you. Honestly. <laughs> I think that would just be a, awesome. Hey, Ontario Hockey League. If you think three stars are a neat idea, maybe you ought to talk to your member clubs about how uh, to properly pick them. I like that they're doing that, though. The, each each uh, community gets three stars. Sure. So that's good. They'll get those ones right. They'll get those ones right. I also liked how Ottawa Ottawa's television broadcast on Rogers gave a player of the game instead of the three stars. So correct. someone's getting it correct. The three stars, though, still get listed on a game sheet. And then right. I get I get the feedback for yeah. it, which actually, keep it coming. At Farwell underscore OHL, because I love it. I have decided to take the higher road this year. I, ca- I can't change it. I would love to. It's just, it's such a simple thing. The fact that we don't get it right makes me crazy, but keep them coming. Keep tweeting me when you see three-star fouls. I'll share them. If you, the listener, are going to tweet Mike, though, please do it on a day we don't have a game. Because if I have to sit on the bus and see see him just fire away on his little phone about three stars and the steam coming from his ears, it you gets love it. annoying. It gives you something to do on the oh. long road trips. Which is interrupts one, my crosswords. One of the things, yeah, you do the crosswords. <laughs> one more thing I need to just mention. What the hell with the schedule? The Why? Kitchener, we, we have one game to broadcast this weekend. Yeah. And so if you look at it in the bigger picture, it's one game in essentially two weeks. Two weeks. It's weird. But then in January, we have back-to-back-to-back three and threes. 15 games in 30 days. And a three and four. Does yeah. nobody get the 15 chance? 15 games in 30 days. Like, doesn't anybody argue about these things? No, I don't like that schedule. Move me here. Give me a break here. Like, one game in two weeks. Hey. I'm sure with the Rangers being a little banged up, it doesn't hurt, but... What the? I'm sure every team in this league has the exact same thing at some point. Maybe you're right. 100%. I think any team... This city, this organization, this broadcast team has zero credibility when it comes to complaining about schedule or travel. Oh, I, I'm not complaining about travel, but yeah. this, this, is a, this is a weird schedule. Like, the, you couldn't find one more game on the weekend? I, think, I, I just think it's odd. Sure, if, you've, if you're in a market where your team has one game in two weeks, I'd love to hear about it. Like, honestly, I think it's weird when, and we did it again this year, start the season with one game on a Friday night. You got all this ramp up, the season's about to begin, here's your season and home opener, (sighs) and then wait a week. I I don't get it. Hey, I got a wedding on the Saturday, so I finally got to say I could go. Well, we Sunday. (laughs) Nothing wrong with Sunday. I know, I'm just excited to have a Saturday night free. (laughs) I got you, buddy. I get you. All right. How's everything else? You know what? Living the dream. Yeah. Getting all set for Hockey Day in Rangers Nation. Hockey Day's coming up next Thursday. They got the uh, OHL Russia Russia. at the odd. That's right. Are you going? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, there's a a corporate sponsor that needs to be, uh, you know, taken care of. Make sure that happens. You want to give them a free ad? I love free ads. Looking forward to meeting all all of our friends from uh, CIBC. It'd be great. Thanks for the sponsorship. This league appreciates you. Perfect. And so do Farwell and Pope. He's Pope. And I'm, no, he's Farwell. That's right. And this is the Pope Farwell. 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 It's the podcast. That's it. That's a wrap on this edition of the Farwell and Pope podcast. Your authority on everything around the OHL. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener. Do, did, 
Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.